0: it's a new day yes it is ladies and gentlemen please welcome to wild and crazy guys the athletic presents hogan
1: Shots. hogan for the win Woo. Consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're gonna take the north and never give it back. From CHG, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flus? And we're gonna have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now here they are,
2: the Adams
1: Hogan Johns. What's up, welcome in Hogan Johns, back with you this week, delayed a day, because the Bears were delayed a day. What's up, Johnsy? By the league, or by the NFLPA, to be exact. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. How dare you players practice so hard? Your punishment is to get a day off, you can go play golf, congratulations. I'm glad,
2: (laughs) like, can we roll our eyes at it? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) Yes. Uh, I mean, we could get to it later, but yes, I, I I collectively, I think we should all roll our eyes at the, at the violation because I I don't, according to everything I've learned, read, seen, heard, it's football. It's with shorts on. It's still fast.
1: Uh, And and the fact that Matt Eberflus- was not fined, and the bears were not fined. Is that sort of an admission that it's not like there was any malicious intent by the team to break any rules? <laughs> that it was just it was just a football
2: <laughs> practice that got a little out of hand. Probably. You tell me he didn't sneak like a like a seven a.m. practice in, like right. high school teams will, will do nowadays that they're working out now, not sneaking it in, but like a seven a.m. practice
1: with full pads on <laughs> before the cameras turn on at Alice Hall. I don't think that that's what was going on. Uh, welcome in. We are uh, we got a good show for you today. We are uh, we were at House Hall yesterday. Again, everything got pushed back a day, which is why we're recording on Thursday morning now. Um, we got a lot to talk about, including some actual football stuff from what we saw um, as Johns and I watched practice together uh, inside the Walter Payton Center yesterday. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on The Athletic, theathletic.com. Slash Hogan Johns, where you get to go with those, uh, get those subscriptions. And you should also be subscribed to CHGO. Get those CHGO memberships at com. And I have a new Bears Things column up right now with some of this stuff from yesterday at House Hall. But yeah, let's start there, Johns, um, with this whole ordeal this week. I think like a couple things that stood out to me yesterday is we got to talk to um, the head coach four players, two of which are NFL PA reps, which is kind of an indication that like the team's not really worried about hiding anything here. Right. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, they're like, yeah, we'll send the reps out there. Say exactly what what, is there to hide? Football. (laughs) And then all four players were like, yeah, I mean, like there's some guys on the ground. It's tough because it's a new coaching staff. They want us practicing hard. We're, if, if anything, I almost feel like one of the positives out of this, Johns, is it actually is a pretty good indication that they're buying into the Hits yes, philosophy. Yes, yes, With the hustle, the intensity,
2: the first two parts of the Hits philosophy, the principle, the guiding principle of Matt Eberflue. It's getting through to these guys, to the younger guys. They're buying in. You're seeing it. I, I have felt that every practice that we've watched has been fast, it's been intense, and a little bit violent. Guys on their feet, but a little bit violent.
1: That's what you want. Even yesterday was still in fast and intense. Yes. All. It's not like yes. they backed
2: off. No, no. If anything, like I went into yesterday's practice trying to take special note of the speed of it, the intensity of it. And I felt it was there, especially when they went one-on-ones. You heard the, like the defense get loud when plays were made or potential hits could be made. They were involved like all together. I'm trying to, I I guess, be delicate with my words here, but they were chippy, and you want that. You want that. So I took special note of that because I was going in there to see how intense, how fast they would be coming off the
1: violation. Yeah, and I thought that they were, uh, especially on the defensive side, they were doing that yesterday. Look, uh, from everything... let me know if you've heard anything else, but from everything I've been able to gather, it sounds like early on in OTs. And honestly, this may even go back to April in that mini camp, because I actually remember seeing guys on the ground at that mini camp. Um, And every time that happens, it's not intentional unless you have like one player go rogue on one play and just like take it a little bit too far. But usually it's guys that just trip over each other. And then you hear every coach on the field go, stay up, stay up, stay up, you know, because that's just the rules. You're not supposed to be taking guys to the ground. Um, and then it's also you don't want anybody to get hurt. And so it sounds like almost some bad luck that the NFLPA had a rep there that saw some of this. Now, I it also sounds like there were probably warned at that point, And then some additional tape got some practice tape got um, reviewed beyond that. And maybe that tape showed some more guys on the ground, but like that's gonna happen. What I would tell
2: this NFL PA rep, whoever was visiting the Bears, is go watch some teenagers or some kids, some ten year olds play some flag football.
1: Having coached flag football in a very competitive league. Wait a minute. I was just say go to the John's house. Yes. I have I have seen the John's house. <laughs> and and boys going bo- at it. Three boys. <laughs> just taking <laughs> taking guys to the ground constantly so
2: I, I coached flag football this year I've told you guys the story you know we we lost in the championship by one and during this playoff day this marathon playoff day there was it got physical and some parents on our sideline were concerned and I remember turning to them hey everybody it's football it's a natural part of the game a col- it's it's collision sport even when you're not in pads. It moves fast. There will be some type of physicality in collisions. The same thing applies to the shorts that the Bears are wearing right now. Like
1: Well, especially because these are the fastest, strongest, yes! strongest football players on the just, planet. Just think
2: about it. Just think about it. And they're practicing yeah. for the first time. Well, maybe not pro- on the
1: bears, but Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. But I, I think the point being made here is It's a naturally violent game. There will be collisions. Players will fall. Players will collide. Someone will go down, and they will get up. (laughs) Yeah. Players will trip. Players will touch. Even without pads on, it's football.
1: So do you agree that there was a collective... I don't want to say that the coaching staff is blameless, because I definitely think that, like what they're asking them to do and the style of play they want them to practice. I mean, this has been well done. This is also why I wonder if the Bears were made an example of here because you go back to the very first like introductory press conference all the way through every media availability we've had till now. They're talking about how hard they practice. And I imagine if you're, you know, one of the top dogs at the NFL PA, that's going to raise some flags. So maybe take an (laughs) extra trip out to Hallis or you review a little extra film. Well, my point is, do you agree that like most of the players seem to be in agreement that you know it was just a matter of the players having to learn how to draw the line themselves? Yeah, I am all on board for player safety. <laughs> like I, I am. But what I'm getting at, Johns, is yes. if it's the players' fault, I'm not even trying to blame the players. But there's, like, but is like, any going then on why is, people today? <laughs> but why is the punishment then that the players get a day off? Yeah. I'm going to tell a story right now. Right. Um, Better be okay. a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's okay. So this, the Blackhawks, it has to do with the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks first Stanley Cup. Well, first of the three that they won uh, in the last uh, decade or whatever. So 2010, they win that first cup. Okay. I was a part-time producer at the score, just grinding away, trying to pick up, you know, every shift possible. And the day of the Blackhawks parade, you may remember, was a pretty incredible day of sports, especially in Chicago. So you had the Blackhawks parade, the Cubs were playing the White Sox at Wrigley, and the World Cup also was starting in South Africa. And the score had an all day broadcast starting at five AM with Molly and Hanley, all the way till Lawrence Holmes show ended at ten PM. In uh, Wrigleyville. I don't even remember the name of the bar. I'm not even sure it's there anymore. But we were like steps away from Wrigley Field. And we were already a little shorthanded. It's parade day. There's a lot going on. And they had already asked me to work from like noon to 10 Whatever. p.m. Yes. Like I had to do all like all those shows that were there. The cup is on the move. Yes. Anyway, where this is going is there was a producer for the Molly and Hanley show. He was like a part-timer, I think. I don't even remember his name, to be honest with you. Oh, it's... It's not somebody that poor form. Poor
2: form.
1: <laughs> well, no, it's not. It's not like um, you know. It's not like a, a name that people would still recognize because he wasn't even there much longer. But after what if that. he's listening
2: to the show? Let me apologize to this unnamed producer.
1: <laughs> I'm On also protecting whole-
2: him <laughs> a little bit by not calling him out. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is where it's going. This better be good. No. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. So he did not show up for the show. The morning after the Hawks won, as you remember, because you were covering it, right? Well, you would have been in Boston then. That was in but, Boston for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that was an all-night affair. Back in Chicago, the team got back. They went to 1,700 different bars somehow in like five hours. And there was a cup tour. And many, many fans went out. Well, one of those fans was supposed to be producing Mullion Hanley in the morning. and didn't show up for work. Okay? So where this is going is... The punishment was a two-day suspension, or two or three-day, I don't know. But the Friday, where the parade was, was one of the days of the suspension, which of course did nothing but allow him to go to the parade, (laughs) while the rest of us had to... So then they asked me to come in at 5 a.m. So I ended up working from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. You were the one who was actually punished. Exactly. So, meanwhile, he got to go to the parade. <laughs> I'm going to text you after the show for the name, by the way. I'm honestly trying to remember it. I'm not, that part I'm not making up. I think I know, I think I remember the name. It wasn't somebody I knew well. And uh, I don't want to say the wrong name if it wasn't him, if that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But maybe I'll figure it out. Anyway, um, where I'm going with that whole story is like sometimes the punishments don't really fit the crime. Like it's just, I don't know it's what it's you're like supposed they to punish
2: Matt Eberflus for being
1: a coach for trying yeah, to coach I, or <laughs> don't, like, don't it, coach too hard. Coach players. You're practicing too hard. You're being punished, punished by, Hey, go play around the golf at Royal Melbourne. Colt come at. don't run. The, yeah. Shoot, shoot.
2: Hit 86. I take that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, he had a great day. Um, again, let me repeat: I am all for player safety, but also, what are we doing here? <laughs> There's a line. I don't think the Bears crossed it, but according to NFL PA, maybe they did. It, it's it's fine, but I don't know. I <laughs> I thought of a couple things. I I thought of the the story, of Matt 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 paneling. Pat Manley, the long snapper, once shared. I, I, don't, I, know the names. Name, I don't know what I don't know what you said. The longest-tenured okay. Bears player in history once shared on 670 to Score about Mark Trestman's practices, how Mark Trestman used to say incessantly that they had good practices, and Pat Manley, the long tenure, longest-tenured Bear in history, thought they were crap. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. He shared that story in the score. I thought about that. I wrote a book uh, a couple years ago, uh, The Men, the Moments that that Made the Bears, the Big 50. And in it, I had talked to Dan Hampton. I had talked to Tom Thayer. And I talked to Jay Hilgenberg, all players from the 85 Bears. And they told me, without even being asked, how hard their practices were back then, how the practices they had against each other were harder than the games they actually played, and how prepared they were for those games because of how hard they practiced against each other. I know it's a different era of the NFL, but I still think some of those values, some of those hit principles, still apply when you're trying to change the culture of a team that didn't tackle well last year, amongst other things. Just well, trying to make a point here.
1: Well, you are, and I and I so, so like there's a couple things. There. I think obviously we can still agree that. It's a good thing that they don't practice that same way that they used to because you do I the league's better off if players are healthier and it's and not just so that they can play football games on Sunday and all our fantasy teams can be healthy and you know the games So can they be can fair, have lives after. But football. they can have lives after football most importantly, right? Um but that being said, like they're, they're to to your point, there's still like a fine line of this is still the NFL. And running around in shorts and absolutely zero contact. Like Cole Komet had a, a really good point yesterday when he was asked point blank, like, do you think OTAs are valuable with the way the rules have been scaled back? And his answer was a good one because he's like, first of all, yes, I do think that they're valuable, but I don't know what we're getting out of the running game right now. Like essentially, because The running game is contact. It's physical. The only way to block, run block effectively, is to hit somebody. And the only way to bring down a running back is to tackle him. And to try to simulate that in shorts with zero contact is pretty much impossible. And that is a frustration that every team has to deal with. It's not just the Bears. But then he did say in the passing game, though, he thinks all these reps are valuable because you could still work on timing. You know, you could still simulate a pass rush and go back and watch the tape and realize, hey, you probably would not have had this much time in a game. Or you got this one off in time, you would have been fine. Regardless of what is actually happening with the pass blocking up front, you can still simulate that timing. You can simulate the routes. You can get some chemistry going between the quarterback and the receivers. But in the running game, It's basically a wash until they put the pads on in camp. And then even to that point, you still can't tackle. So...
2: You still can't tackle in training camp.
1: Well, and this goes back to, I think I said this yesterday on the CHGO show. One of my frustrations from the Matt Nagy era was... It seemed like every year he would talk about how they were going to have live periods callous the players right and then what it would be like two weeks into camp and we're like where are these live periods when are they happening and then it finally happening to be like five plays for i'm probably exaggerating maybe 10 reps for one period and then you wouldn't see it again for another week and you and i i know we had these conversations out there we'd be like i don't Know that where's this callousing actually happening? I don't, I, don't, I don't see that It's a good Happen. thought.
2: It's a good thought because he went in building up these practices as fast and intense and physical. And I think uh, Andy Reid had a reputation of having practices like that. But maybe we just wanted more. We didn't see enough, wasn't enough. I, and I think I it guess, was
1: reflected on game days on Sundays exactly. And so I I think it's what I'm I guess what I'm getting at is I, I think it's a good sign that the Bears already whether it's intentional or not, whether it's the coaches or the players or whoever's to blame, like the fact that they I think we can agree they're walking a fine line with what is technically acceptable and what's not. I'm willing to accept that as a good thing at this point. You know who always walks a fine line? John Harbaugh and
2: the Baltimore Ravens. Every year, and Bill Bell checking the Patriots, maybe for different reasons, but well, everybody's trying to. Line, but yeah, yeah. Everybody's yeah, trying to be. He's got the ring, so yeah. I just think at the end of the day, there is player safety is extremely important. I, I don't want to sound like some meathead, some meathead, <laughs> you know, it, completely ignoring the importance of player safety. I understand it, one hundred percent. Understand it. I think the players would agree. That at its root, football requires some intrinsic level of toughness, and that toughness sometimes has to be instilled, taught, spread. I want to say Matt Eberflus is doing a pretty good job with that right now with the young team. I don't know if they're going to be good, but you can see some levels of toughness being installed with this team.
1: Yeah. I think we got to um, come out hard and stay um, hard. All right. Enough about that.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
2: If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E dot com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort.
1: What do we do about this? the, the other part about practice yesterday, which was, uh oof, the offense? Yeah, I felt like...
2: Mandy Ruflice made it a point to say that the offense was outstanding on Monday and the defense responded on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I thought that was calculated.
2: Chunk plays by the offense. Chunk runs. Did he say one chunk
1: run too? I think so. Chunk. Chunks. There were not many chunks yesterday.
2: No, no, no. Uh, There were chunks that were unwarranted. Yes. Justin Fields did not have a good day. But if he had a good day on Monday, it's all part of the process here.
1: The, the, the pro, and by the way, I believe that. No reason what, to lie about it. Well, well I mean, the thing that just sucks is we just have to take his word for it because we didn't get to watch practice Monday. Um, but uh, one of the things I've talked about before on the show, and until it's proven wrong, I will continue to say, like you rarely see Justin Fields have back-to-back bad days. The bad days are going to happen. They always do, no matter who you are. You know, even the Hall of Famers will have some rough practices. Um, and the other caveat is we don't necessarily, and, and this, uh, I, I wish I had asked this question yesterday. It's been bothering me that I didn't. I don't know what type of explanation Eberfluss would have actually given us because it's probably a better question for Luke Getze. But I don't necessarily know what their practice rules are right now. Like, if things break down, do they still want Justin to throw the ball up, to complete the rep, or do they want him throwing the ball away or into the ground? Um do you remember I brought I brought this up yesterday I think, but do you remember there was like a 10 10 10 practice in Bourbon a, and that's what Nag used to call those like kind of walk through whatever the fast walkthroughs, yes. Maybe it was even last year. I forget. These days on years all start running together. Uh, we're getting old. We've covered this team a long time. Yeah. Well, it couldn't have been last year because it was definitely Mitch as the quarterback. I'm pretty sure, but he had a bad day. Yo, know, he's getting picked off, and Nagy came right to the podium and was like, "We had a scripted practice. He threw what he was supposed to throw, no matter what, and those were the results." Maybe it was last year with Andy Dalton. <laughs> you know, like bringing that up, like maybe that was part of the problem. Yeah, well, that's why I mean, that's why I'm getting it. But I, 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 we, I don't know if Justin's still supposed because some of those throws yesterday, you were there standing next to me. They were ill-advised. Yes, like yes. the one in the end zone where he just like kind of lobbed it up was like that's either a horrendous decision or they're asking him to just complete the play and throw it up so that like the rest of the team can still get the rep. Yeah and maybe work on some jump balls. I don't, and those are things, I, I honestly don't know that right now. I did
2: have this thought as the offense struggled at times and players weren't open. Like, oh, man, like with, when Darnell Mooney and, and even Valus Jones Jr., when they're not in the field, they don't so, have much at all. I was trying to keep that in mind because you would see different players rotated in with fields. And when it wasn't Darnell Mooney who got open, or Velus Jones Jr. who created separation, you're like, "Oh no,
1: yes. they don't have things here. They don't
2: have like this is a problem." I know Justin Fields has been complimentary of his receivers, but on this given day, on this Wednesday, in this two hours that we got to watch, the defense looked significantly better in the secondary than the Bears' receiving core.
1: And it was DeAndre Houston Carson picking off the football. That was a bad throw, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie Jackson wasn't. You're talking about the one that got tipped? No, I was talking about the. Where. (sighs) I'm
2: trying to remember the route, but DeAndre Houston Carson read it perfectly, came over, undercut, over i trying to remember the throw, but it was a bad throw from Fields.
1: Yeah, the ball was nowhere near the – Down res- the left
2: res- sideline. Res- it looked like there was almost two receivers in the same place, and neither of them were Darnell Mooney or Valus Jones Jr.
1: That was the – I'm trying to remember my notes, but it wasn't a good play altogether. Someone – but I guess my point is Eddie Jackson wasn't practicing yesterday. Kyler Gordon wasn't out there, you know – I would say this, what you just said about the wide receivers, I could say the same thing about the secondary that was out there yesterday. True. And that's what's almost more concerning because yet the defense, again, no Robert Quinn, no al Muhammad, a bunch of backups in the secondary, dominating the offense that much.
2: I don't know. I think one of the best passes I saw was from Nathan Peterman yesterday. Oh, boy.
1: You actually saw him throw a pass? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know they let him do that. Yes. It went for like 25 yards. Nice. On the right sideline.
2: Hell of a strike by the third stringer.
1: Oh, quarterback controversy. No. No, no. Okay. No. I feel like they don't even let the other ones ever throw. Like, Justin, you get every rep. It's They listened to you from last year. They were like... Give these guys one rep. No, they just you were upset cuz Fields never got to work with the ones. Now Correct. Fields gets to work with the ones, twos and threes and fours that don't Actually even exist. Does.
2: <laughs> yes. That's, that's another note worth taking is he he's playing with every single receiver and every single tight end and running back. What a waste of time training camp was, guys. Speaking of training camp. How would you feel when now I know there's still mini camp? But let's, since training camp was brought up yesterday by Matt Eberflues, say training camp opens late July, and you're starting two tackles are Braxton Jones on the left side and Larry Borm on the right side. What would you say? How would
1: you feel about Tevin Jenkins? I would feel uh, not good about Tevin Jenkins. I I think Bears fans better be hoping that you're taking them at their word that they're rotating guys right now now one of my theories trying to piece this together Johns is now I I know that they've kind of hinted that maybe Tevin can still play on the left side but what if they've just decided that he is playing right tackle and they're not so sure about Borum they want him working both sides well what do you do with Tevin then you got to either have Borum work with the twos or Tevin has to go down to the twos and then who plays left tackle and I'm sure Braxton Jones has done something to earn that opportunity. Yes, but that's—I I just kind of have this hunch that they've just decided Tevin Jenkins, you're playing on the right side.
2: I spoke glowingly about Tevin Jenkins in the the previous podcast with with the Fishman, yep. Kevin Fishbane. Seeing him with the second team at this point, felt alarming to me. I don't want to get too carried away. It is just June. It's June 9th as we talk right now. But I I just don't think they would do that if they were happy with what they were getting from him in the first place. Yeah, they're not
1: doing that with Jaquan Brisker. Who is starting at safety. They're not doing that with Kyler Gordon when he's practicing. They did do that with Jalen Johnson, however. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I
2: don't. Um. Maddie Bufalos also seemed to indicate that this has been this, this this isn't just a one day thing. That this has been in place for a few practices now.
1: Again, alarm bells. What's going on with Tevin Jenkins? So I definitely think it's like a alarm bell that you pay attention to. Definitely noteworthy. I'm very interested to see what the offensive line combinations look like next week at veteran minicamp. Because to give people like OTAs is definitely a time to experiment with stuff. The last thing you want is Larry Borm to practice at left tackle the entire off season, the entire training camp, the entire preseason. And then at the last minute decide either, you know what? Tevin Jenkins can't play right tackle or he's hurt and you have to move Larry over right as the season's starting after he spent the entire offseason at left on the left side. So and by the way that's happened. We saw that with Cody Whitehair one year where he to switch from guard to center vice versa last minute and then we saw that with Kyle Long where all of a sudden hey it's game week you're going to go play right tackle for the first time. You you so my point is now's the time where you want them to get at least some reps at different positions. But usually, when you come together at mini camp, then you got the whole team together. Ideally, everyone's showing up. There's no holdouts. It's mandatory. Everybody's supposed to be there. It's a three day practice window that you kind of simulate a game week in some sense. You know, you usually have the Wednesday, Thursday practices and then Fridays a little bit, or, um, You know how it is during the season, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Next week, it'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But the last day is usually shorter, or sometimes you'll have a coach just bang it all together to earn some goodwill going into the six-week dead period. I'm just saying, I'll be interested to see what the combination is next week, Johnsy, and then, of course, what matters more is what it looks like on a daily basis in training camp.
2: Because in training camp, you want that five together. Yeah. It's time to build chemistry. And, and, and more.
1: Um, Tevin Jen- it, sorry to interrupt real quick because Cody Whitehair also put out there yesterday. I don't know if you heard that very subtly, but directly. They've made it very clear to us that the best five are going to play. Yes. And that kind of goes more in line with what you just said. Like sort are the best five right now, not Tevin Jenkins.
2: Let's see my expression on YouTube. Uh, I feel like Tevin Jenkins is a guy who needs the pads on. Needs the physicality to, to go up a notch because he can't go full go, as Cole Komet said in the run game. But something, if things were going well, and I stand by this, if things were going well for Tevin Jenkins, I don't think he would have been removed from that spot, even for a few practices and OTAs.
1: I agree with you because if, even if it's just your goal to get Larry Borems from reps on the right side. Do it with the twos. Do it with the twos. Because you don't drop a guy who has earned earned the opportunity to stay there. You just say, hey, Larry, you haven't done anything wrong, but we want to make sure you get some reps on the right side. Tevin's playing well, though, so you're going to be with the twos this week. You right know what Tevin? just like, popped in my mind?
2: Remember when Gabe Kareemian was drafted? Your guy from Wisconsin. Where's your Wisconsin helmet? There it is. I do. I predicted right? that pick correctly. Late first round pick. Lasted one season with the Bears before being traded too. Um
1: It may have been early in his I feel Second like Second season? Let's see. Well his injury was bad enough that he I don't think he was healthy year two either. So it may have been early third season when they actually traded. Early
2: third season. Yeah. Early third season, started 14 games his second year, early third season. But that third season was his second year with a new regime. Just saying. It could be a bad comparison, but you have basically a late first-round pick. And Devin Jenkins, a guy was traded up for by the previous regime, back surgery in the offseason. Try to figure out where he fits.
1: Well, I think that's a concern. You know, in Gabe's case, I'll defend him a little bit. If you go back to that first training camp and when he first got out there on the field, he was probably their best offensive lineman. Now, that was kind of an indictment on that entire line. But he was having a good start, and then he suffered that awful knee injury. Yeah. um, That really, we'll never know if he would have made it or not without that knee injury, but that pretty much didn't give him a chance. So the fear, I think, is how bad is his back thing? How much has it set Tevin Jenkins back? Um, and still sort of a similar thing. Like, can you blame the back? Or was he just never going to make it anyway? Also, it's probably too early to start having those conversations. It's just, I'm with you. I don't like the fact that a guy drafted that high with that, those expectations who supposedly is healthy now. I don't know why he's getting dropped in the second team unless it's performance. Like related. my first thought was, "Oh, they're giving him a break."
2: First team is out there; they're giving him some time off because of what he, what he went through. Then he came out there with the second team. You're like, "Oh,
1: yeah, uh oh, yeah." I'm with you. Uh, Concerned about Kyler Gordon. Speaking of draft picks,
2: yeah, uh, never a good sign when the person when the player is in the building but not practicing yeah. usually an indication of an injury of some sort.
1: We'll find out. Find out soon enough. Well, yeah, I think we'll find out if he's on the field next week during mini camp. And, and if he's not, you get worried. Um, he did bounce. Like I was worried the first rookie mini camp when he was missing time, but then he came back and he's been out there. So don't, It's the problem with not being in every practice. We don't know.
2: Yeah. Durability was not a concern in college at Washington. We'll see. Try not to
1: get too carried away with
2: some negativity regarding that, but you want to see players on the
1: field. Yeah, definitely something to watch. Okay. And then the most important thing we have to address is what the hell was that thing you found (laughs) in the parking lot? Crawfish, right? I'd still like I've eaten many crawfish in my life. There was something different about that thing. And also, I don't know about you. I've never seen a crawfish. Isn't there something called crayfish? I have no idea. So
2: in Hallis hall the the remodeled Hallis hall, there is a pond, like a overflow pond for the rainwater. Uh usually You know, like there's cranes, there's storks, there's all sorts of things in the property. It's a massive piece of property with wetlands and whatnot. Um, And it was raining yesterday. And Mm -hmm. I'm walking out to my car and I see this thing walking on the black pavement. I'm like, what is that? And the craziest thing is when I got close, it did like the the get big, let's fight type of thing. Ooh. I also thought like, hey, maybe he wants me to pick him up, but I wasn't picking it up. Absolutely not. (laughs) huh check out the picture. It's on my Twitter no nah, don't
1: it's creepy yeah you so he was like gonna it. fight you he got big he got he got big <laughs> get big
2: get yeah every big, time son. every time i I approached it it went it did the uh put its claws up. I don't know if it's a defense mechanism of the creature but
1: Okay, so I'm according to Wikipedia, crayfish and crawfish are actually the same thing. Okay. That was and a crawfish. And it's just a different... Apparently in the north, we call them crayfish. I would not think that crawfish would be in that pond, but
2: what do I know? Maybe some storks brought them in. Yeah, those birds will pick things up and move them.
1: Yeah.
2: I did see a smashed frog on the pavement. Oh, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen those. I've seen
1: those. I, it was not a... You never know. See, that's... A stay out of ponds. What I are guess. those cranes called? Oh, yeah. Those red beak things that are always out there. They, they like live feet, at House Hall. And they're like four feet tall? Yeah, I don't know. They're big, though. They're just always standing there. There's not just bears on the property of House Hall. We're learning. I've never seen an actual bear. No. <laughs> we saw a coyote. Remember that year we were interviewing... Ryan Pace and Coyote walked by. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was just out on the practice.
2: There's there's like woods in the background. It's a big piece of property, everybody. Yeah. And on the other side of the train tracks, there's just a lot of woods and... Open land. Open land.
1: It's good. There should be...
2: I've seen some deer. Plenty of deer, but... First crayfish I've ever seen walk across the parking lot at House Hall? Yeah.
1: I don't know what that means for the 2020 season, but... uh, (laughs) 2020? <laughs> 2022. Yeah, what year is it? 2022. I'm telling you, I'm losing my mind on. The te- all the Bears teams run together, bringing a different head coach, different quarterback, different wide receivers. It's all the same. Yeah. For
2: our listeners, this is our, what, fifth head coach, third GM, God knows how many offensive coordinators. <laughs> Fourth GM for me. I got the, GM. End of the Angelo. Angelo. I, I guess technically I, I did work with Jerry a little bit in some stories, so I'm gonna count him too.
1: Yeah. It's uh whew. 17th running back coach. There has been a lot of running backs coaches. <laughs> I think I used that joke already. That's okay. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else from OTAs? No. They'll wrap it up today. Today's the last OTA practice. And then, well, I guess we could spin it forward real quick before we get out of here to next week. Do you think Robert Quinn will be at House Hall? I do. Okay. I think so, too. Either way, I think we learn a little bit more about these rumors about wanting to get traded, wanting to be a bear. We're going to learn that next week.
2: Yeah. I am. Sh- I'm sure he wants to play for a winner. They all do. Yeah. I just don't know where and how that works on the Bears' end and trying to find him that situation where they also benefit in compensation.
1: By the way, speaking of Robert Quinn, that is also a reason why I told you, So, all this talk about how the Bears are practicing and, you know, whether it was Cole Komet or Cody Whitehair or they all said the same thing yesterday. We're a young team. Yeah you know we're we're trying to earn our spots read about to, that in my takeaways yeah we have to we have to uh you know practice with a certain intensity they all seem to get it even if they were all pushing the same talking point it seemed like um if i'm robert quid i totally understand why i'm like i'm staying away from that <laughs> like i don't need dudes falling all over my legs because we're practicing hard see now that's the good that's a perfect example of having a good balance yeah
2: at this point in his career, Robert Quinn does not need to be exposed to certain levels of... Risk. Hustle and intensity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, now now he needs to be a part of it at some point. Yeah. And, and next will. Week's, next week's mandatory. Now, what I wonder is, are you aware of this new trend called hold in? You're not oh. holding out... You show up, you don't get fined, but you're not necessarily practicing a whole lot. Yeah, you're doing your own thing. Yeah. See what Debo Samuel's doing? Uh, he might be doing the hold-in thing. Hold-in. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that could be the Robert Quinn situation next week. You Because know, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that really wants to cause a ton of disruptions. And I think the team could have a... The team in Robert Quinn's camp could have an understanding here too, which is like, hey, look, we're willing to listen. We're willing to do the right thing by you to get you on a winner, but we also have to do the right thing by us to make sure we're doing it at the right time. We're maximizing value. And there could be injuries in August. There could be injuries in September where, hey, just be patient by the end of the year, you know. You, you could be the uh, 20th person on the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we'll send you to the Rams
2: where the salary cap seemingly does not exist. <laughs>
1: uh, did you see that Charles Robinson had a great, great tweet yesterday? The uh, scene from the Wolf of Wall Street where Matthew McConaughey is telling Leonardo DiCaprio about the Fugazi? Yeah. And he's like doing his Matthew McConaughey thing where he's like, it doesn't exist. It's in the ether. <laughs> and he's like, talking. this is at any time Les Sneed goes to a salary cap meeting. <laughs> yeah. talking about Fugazi. That's great. Yeah. Uh, a fake. I loved it. All right. Um, we should get out of here. What do you think? Good yeah. show. Um, I was going to we'll talk to you that. all next week. Two episodes yeah. next week, I think. We. We'll have two episodes next week for minicamp. Stay tuned for that. Let's see if I can get this. You know what Fugazi is? Fugazi—it's no. a uh, fake. Yeah, Fugazi, Fugazi—it's Fugazi. a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a f- fairy dust.
2: It doesn't exist. It's never landed. It is no matter. It's not on the elemental chart. It—it's not fucking real, <laughs> right? right? right. <laughs> all right. The salary cap. You know what Fugazi
1: is? It's how not- it applies to. The- it's not effing <laughs> real. To the ramps.: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we'll have two shows next week. Big week for a mandatory mini camp. It is mandatory for us. We will be there. And then just to warn you, we do this every year. Take some time off. We'll still have some episodes between, you know, in the six week dead period. But, uh, you know, probably there'll probably be a week or two in there where we're off completely. Most weeks, it'll probably just be one. um, And that is normal. We promise when training camp is back. Boom. Full go. All the way to the Super Bowl. Three a week. Yeah, Super Bowl, Super Bears. Uh, oh, I didn't say the Bears would be playing the Super Bowl. Oh. I just said we would keep that pace up. We might until, yes. I mean, we may be covering another coaching search, and GM search, and all that. Oh, don't yeah. say that. Not too soon for that.
2: Much too soon. I like all what right. they got going. No, I do there's, too. There's my final thought. I like what they got going.
1: Uh, yeah. Give it time, though. No, we definitely got to give it time. I'm... uh. Just hope there's somebody to catch the ball for Justin Fields. Can somebody get open? Did you see Dante Pettis yesterday? No, me neither. Was he there? He's number 86, right? Or was he just covered? I don't know. Sometimes I don't know with some of these guys. He was present. He was present. Was he open? Find someone, a- someone brought that up like on Twitter. I think asking asking me about. I'm like I. That is a name I did not notice yesterday. That's all I can tell you. So, All right. Uh, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter. Please subscribe. Hit the notification button if you're watching on YouTube and you know when these episodes go live. We appreciate you. Uh, hit that like button as well if you're listening as a podcast, as the, uh, the OGs, they would say, uh, do. Uh, by the way, shout out to Sam Brief. Sam Brief does the broadcast for the Chicago Dogs and had... Uh, my son James and I up to the booth on Sunday dogs games are fun yeah. I enjoyed that a lot yeah. I'm going there uh, I think in July okay I, we it's got an awesome spring training vibe which I mean as a compliment I love that vibe and uh, we had a great time out there had some beers I had some beers James did not um, and then Sam had us up to the uh, booth and we had a good time and Sam said he is one of the original podcast listeners of Johns. Jones oh, I love that so, Shout out Sam. Great guy. Does great work. Um, so, also, please check out Avi Shirts for all of our merch. I got the shirt on today, and uh, we'll be back next week. Mini Camp. Talk to you then. See ya.
0: Hey, what's up, Fluce?